Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. We are going to continue with our sermon series, Greatest Stories Ever Told, The Parables of Jesus. And we're going to be looking at the parable of the sheep and the goats today. Um, It's interesting, this is actually the last parable that Jesus gives us in the book of Matthew. The very last one, this, right after this parable, we read about Jesus getting ready to go into the, the passion. What I mean by that is he, he goes into the Last Supper, betrayed by Judas, basically it's the path to the cross. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I am saying something to somebody, the thing that I say at the very end can often be one of the most important things I say. So I believe this parable has a little bit of extra emphasis in Jesus' teachings because it is the last one that he gives to his disciples before heading to the cross. So we're going to spend some time with it. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Let's pray. Gracious Lord, as we get ready to spend some time with your word, help us remember that your word is a gift. It is what you give to us so that we can learn how to live better lives. It's not a bunch of rules that you force us to follow. It's an instruction manual for life. It's what we need to learn how to love better, forgive more, stay closer to you. But with Like with any gift, it's not any good if we don't open it. So help us to be open to your word, to learn what it has to say for our lives where we are today. And I pray this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. So I want to introduce you to a gentleman that I read about in one of Max Lucado's books, um, How Happiness Happens. It's a man by the name of Andrea Moscone. Six mornings a week, this gentleman will put on his suit, coat, and tie, and he walks down to the city hall in Cremona, Italy, And he enters the violin museum that they have down there at the city hall. And his job is not to polish and clean the violins. But his job is to care for them in a more important way. Mr. Moscone's job is to play the violins. Here's a picture of him at his work. Because in this museum are some of the most valuable and beautiful violins in the world. There's a couple Stradivariuses in there. There's several that are more than 300 years old. A couple of them are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And his job is to go. Now, he won't spend very much time with anyone. He plays each for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And here's why. Because a violin, like a lot of stringed instruments, if it is not played, it begins to lose vibrancy. It begins to lose what it was, its ability to do what it was created to do. And so it's important that those violins are played several times a week. And that's his job. Isn't that a cool job? Now, I would be terrified taking out a violin worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. Oh, sorry, dropped it. But that is what he does. And I bring him up because I think I want to make a point that he and we have something in common. And it's not, of course, to go and play expensive violins so that they continue to shine and be vibrant and and be beautiful. But we also are called to bring out the best and beautiful creations. 
not necessarily stringed instruments, but God's creations. You and I, every day, have the opportunity to bring out the best in the people that we interact with. Every day of our lives. And we can either help them shine, or we can dull their spirits. And these people are all over the place, and they look all different ways. Sometimes they're the people that are maybe checking out your groceries or waiting on the table where you're eating. Maybe they're in your classrooms. Teachers, you know how important it is to bring out the best in kids. Or maybe they're in your home. Maybe they help prepare your meal or do the dishes. Right? These people are all around us. And we are called by God to help them be all that they were created to be. And they are treasures. And here's the thing, if they're left uncared for, they can begin to fade, they can begin to lose their vibrancy. But to bring out the best in the people that we interact with on a daily basis, whether we know them well or not, is one of the highest callings that we have as Christians. And that's kind of one of the main points of our parable today. I bring this up because in this parable, Jesus is asking us to do something that is not easy to do. Right? He says to the, to the he says the king will say to those in his right, "Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world." For look at this: for I was hungry, you fed me; thirsty, you gave me something to drink; stranger, you invited me to your home; naked, you gave me clothing; sick, you cared for me; I was in prison, you visited me. And the righteous ones are going to say, "Lord, when do we ever see you hungry, or feed you, or thirsty, give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality?" And he's going to say, "Whenever you did it for the least of these." You have done it for me. That's a big statement. Whenever you have done it for one of the least of these, you have done it for me. Jesus is telling us that it is important for us to care for the people that we run into in our lives. And this text says that we're even called to care for those who are different from us, those that are difficult to understand, those who are hungry those who are needy, those who have been in prison. Because here's what I'd love you to do. If you take out your sermon outline, I would love for you to fill out the the, the blanks in here because the first part that we have to understand, the thing that Jesus is asking us to do, we're running into something about human nature, and this is very simple, is that not all people are easy to care about, especially those that we don't understand, especially those who are different. And why are people not easy to care about? Because they're flawed. Sometimes they're rude. Sometimes they're mean. Sometimes they're dismissive. And Jesus is telling us to care for them anyway. Plus some images, I think, that show the flaws of human beings and why it's sometimes not easy to care for them. Right? Maybe that person who stocks the shelves might want to rethink how they do it. Here's another one. Um, they might want to learn the difference of produce there. Right? People make mistakes. And I I love this. Just read the side of the truck here. (laughs) People make mistakes. People sometimes are hard to get along with. And yet, this parable is saying... We're called to care for those people as well, those that are hungry, the strangers, without adequate clothing, sick, those who are in prison, right? Not just the people like us, not just the people closest to us, but all of God's people. And 
honestly, on a scale of 1 to 10, this is difficult to do. 10 being the hardest. We're in the 8 to 10 range here when it comes to caring for people, especially with everything going on in our world today, with the rise of social media and, and news that is really more opinion than fact but tries to play itself off as factual, right? There's all of these vehicles for us to, to vent our frustrations and vent the, the, the negative things we feel about people with almost no consequences. It's easier today than ever to tear other people, tear other people down than to build them up. But it's also due to human beings. Human beings have been at each other for our differences for thousands of years. Differences in religion, differences in skin color, differences in, in political opinion. I mean, wars have been fought over thousands of years and millions of people have died because we are more interested in tearing one another down, especially the people who we perceive as different from us than in building one another up. And this is why Jesus gives us this parable, or one of the reasons. It's an encouragement to say that we're actually more alike than we probably would ever want to consider. So how do we fight thousands of years of programming? Thousands of years that says people who are other, right? People who are other religions from other countries, have other skin color, are different or bad or not as good as we are. How do we fight that kind of programming? Because it's not easy to do. But it's imperative that we do it, at least according to God's word. So I'm going to give you just a couple of ideas. In Matthew 25, Jesus makes it very clear. Sheep go to the right, my right, all right? Goats go to the left. Now, this is not goat. This is not the greatest of all time. Let's get this right. The sheep are good. Goats are bad, all right? Goats are the people that don't care, that don't make the time, that are dismissive, that judge. The sheep are the people that do care. All right? We just want to clarify that because, you know, goat has a whole different meaning today. Tom Brady's a sheep, but he's also a goat, right? So just want to clarify. So how do we become the sheep in this parable rather than the goats? I'm just going to give you two simple steps. Now, we could do an entire sermon series on this, but I'm going to give you two simple steps. And the first one is simply this. Be loved. Then love. You guys have heard the saying that hurt people hurt people? Well, here's another saying for you. Love people love people. When we can embrace the love that God has for us, understand at the core of our being that we are deeply and dearly loved, it makes us easier to care for the people that are in our lives, the people that are around us in our lives. Jesus says these words in John 13, 34. Would you guys read it with me? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Do you see that? It's a commandment. This isn't Jesus saying, I hope you do this. This is a commandment. It says, love other people. But remember first that I have loved you. Embrace my love, and it'll be easier for you to love others. And this is the kind of love that comes from God that is not based upon what we do. God does not love us because of our goodness, because of our kindness, because of our great devotion. He probably likes it when we act that way, but God loves us because of his goodness 
and God's kindness and God's great devotion. Deuteronomy 7, when he's talking to the nation of Israel, he says these words, the Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other nations or, you know, or better or whatever words you want to put in there. You were the smallest of all the nations, he's telling the nation of Israel and us. Rather, it was simply, look at this, simply the Lord loves you and he's keeping his promise. The reason that God chooses you is because he loves you. And he's going to follow through on that promise and on that choice. And he loves you even when you don't feel lovely. And he loves you even when you're not very lovable. God's love does not wane. People's love will come and go. God's does not. Romans 9.25 right, says it. Would you guys read it with me? I will call upon the nobodies and make them somebodies. I will call the unloved and make them beloved. This is where we start. We settle into that hammock of God's affection. We let him put his arms around us, and, and there's a lot of ways to do that. One's prayer. Every time you pray, right? Kids, how often does God hear your prayers? Every time. Worship, you're always going to hear a song about God's love. Pastor Scott or I are probably going to mention God's love at least once in our messages. God's word, take this home with you. Take the bulletin home. Put it up on your refrigerator. You've heard me say this before. Memorize a couple of these scriptures. I mean, memorize John 13, 34. New commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Let those things sink into your heart and sink into your life. And what it'll do is it just gives birth to great joy when you think to yourself, even if I don't feel like it, I am beloved by my God in heaven. And here's another thing about that love. As God's love starts to grow in your heart, you'll begin to see others differently. As you start to understand how much you are loved, even with all your faults and flaws, you begin to be a little bit more understanding and accepting of other people's faults and flaws. Ephesians 2, once again, I, there's a couple things I want to point out. So would you guys, let's just kind of help get this text into our, our minds by reading it together. God saved you by his grace, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he had in mind for us long ago. Now, if you're filling in blanks, I'd like you to circle a couple of things. First word is masterpiece. It's kind of the obvious one. It takes us back to our initial analogy with Mr. Moscone. Right? You, are part, you are a beautiful creation. You're not randomly slapped together. Right? You're not an adult who just scribbles on a piece of page. You're not that kind of creation. A masterpiece. You are something that God has lovingly created, who he has put his time and energy into, and you are valuable. Masterpieces are valuable. And you're valuable to the one who created you and took the time in that. And you need to remember that. But another word I want you to circle in this is just three words earlier. Circle the word we. Because not only are you a masterpiece, but that person sitting next to you in the pew is a masterpiece. The person asking for a dollar on the street corner is a masterpiece. That person of a different religion is a masterpiece, of a different country, of a different skin color. Those people are masterpieces, just as you are. And we have to understand that. You, maybe you have them with the homeless. They're still God's creation. And he loves them. And God can show his love for them through you. 
Maybe the person serving you your food or, like I said, checking out your groceries, they're not just part of the food chain. They are wonderfully and fearfully made. That spouse in your house, who's a louse, they're also a child of God. They're more than just a member of your family. They are a beloved child of God, just as you are. And the more you let that sink in, the more you plant that into your heart, the easier it's going to be to not only feel God's love, but then to love that person even with their flaws and their faults. There's just so much more joy and peace to be found when we see the people around us that way. Rather than looking for ways to judge them, we look for ways to love them, to care about them. doesn't mean we can always do something for them, but judgment just brings bitterness into our hearts and our lives. And if we can remember that they are God's creation, beautiful creation, it helps us be more understanding. And here's the second way. And this is kind of very simple as well. And it just comes right from the parable. I mean, it just slaps you in the face with this. Serve. Just serve. Simply find ways to serve the people around you. And I know people are in different situations. I have young children. Well, you don't have as much time. I get that. I I work a full-time job and I have young children. Obviously, you don't have as much time. Maybe the service that you have to do is in your home. Maybe the service is just simply to your, your spouse or your children. But I know lots of people that are very busy and they still find ways outside of that to serve other people. Because isn't this what this parable is all about? This is sometimes how serving can be a little bit difficult. I was going to... All right. um, Is that what's next? Hold on a sec. All right, we're good. Um, In the parable, Jesus says... When did we see you this way? He says, whenever you gave something to somebody who was hungry, you gave something to somebody who was in prison, whenever you clothed somebody who didn't have adequate clothing, whenever you did something for somebody, you have done it for me. Think about that for a second. Jesus is equating our service to the people around us, especially the neediest people around us, to literally putting ourselves in the presence of Christ. That, those are some heavy words. Let's watch how it can sometimes go awry. You're laughing at somebody getting hurt. I know, I see that. Every time I see that thing, I laugh. Man, I can't tell if it's real or not. It looks pretty real, but I don't know. (laughs) I've watched that thing 40 times and I laugh every time I see it. It's incredible. Sometimes it's not easy to serve. Sometimes our service goes a little awry. Sometimes we don't always help as much as we think we are helping. Right? If you give that person on the corner a dollar, they may use it to buy alcohol. If you forgive somebody, they may not forgive you back. And they may throw it in your face. Serving is not easy. We did food ministry yesterday. 101 cars. 400 people. 400 to 500 people altogether. Some of those people drive really nice cars. 
And we were talking about that, some, some of the volunteers, we were kind of chatting about that, and we're like, you know, yeah, some of those people are taking advantage of us. But there's a lot of people that aren't. And we don't do it for the people that are taking advantage. We do it for the ones that have a real need. And we do it for ourselves. Because we are called to serve. And we are called to serve everyone, especially those who are in special need. My friends, we are called to embrace our role as Mr. Moscone. We all live in a museum of beautiful creations. And all those creations need our care. And the more we care for them, the better they will be, the more vibrant, the more beautiful they will be. We exist to draw beautiful music out of them, to help them be the masterpieces that God created them to be. Now, Mr. Moscone, he uses rosin and, and, and bows. We use smiles and time and words of affirmation and forgiveness and touch. We have the tools that we need. We just have to use them. Because this museum called Our World needs us to hear the words of Christ in this parable. Do for these, do for others. Because whenever you do for someone else, you're doing it for Christ. God is simply asking you to bring out the best in his creation. That's all. Just as his son is continuing to work at you and in you to bring out the best in you. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Let's pray. Gracious Lord, it's not easy. It's not easy to do what you ask, to serve others. So help us remember that maybe we need to take a step back and before we seek to serve, we need to receive. Receive your love. And remind ourselves every day how deeply and dearly you love us and how much you served us. You served us so much that you went to the cross to die for our sins. If we can remember that, then maybe it becomes a little bit easier for us to fulfill this, this commandment, this obligation that you put in front of us to serve others. But help us remember that when we do that, it draws us closer to you. It makes our lives better. It makes our faith stronger. We pray this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day.